Hi Darklings, the following episode contains opinions and speculation and should be taken as such. These stories depict violent crimes of all types and may be a trigger for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Darkened Doorway podcast, your doorway to everything dark, crimey and weird. Hi Darklings and welcome back to the Darkened Doorway podcast. You are up to... The end part of the Victorian high country. How exciting is that? So exciting. This is like, I love this word. It's the juicy bit. This is the reason why we started potting in the first place, because she couldn't hold this inside her brain when she heard about it. So you're about to see the inside of Em's brain. Have lots of theories. Very exciting. So (laughs) I think we're just going to jump right into this one. Obviously, the Mm -hmm. big question is, who is Gregory Lynn? And how is he related to all of these mysterious disappearances in the Victorian high country, if he is at all? That's right. If he is at all, allegedly. That's it. So, look, I'm Australian, as everyone knows, so I'm actually going to shorten his name to Greg from now on because Gregory is a mouthful. And I just, that's a lot of effort. Um, (laughs) But according to his neighbours, he was actually a pretty normal guy. He had trained with the Royal Australian Air Force, but he'd failed to meet the tough expectations to gain a place with the elite pilots flying their little fighter jets around. And he was actually really bitter about that, which I guess Mm -hmm. is kind of understandable if you've worked really hard to get to something, you know, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, you kind of suck and you can't do this now. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'd be a bit salty. Yeah, so he was super salty. But Greg then decided that he was going to go and work in the private sector instead. So he started working for ANZET until it collapsed in like, what was that, 2001 or 2002? Mm -hmm. And then he moved on to Virgin Airways, which we all know, and he's a first officer for Virgin Airways. He apparently was mostly liked by his team, but one person who claimed to know him said on Reddit that he was very docile and likeable, but he kind of was thought of as a bit of an odd fish. (laughs) And that kind of is in line with a lot of other sources too. Mm-hmm. So the other accounts kind of describe him as intelligent, calm under pressure, self-obsessed, and of course, a narcissist. <laughs> I guess if you've got that high pressure job, though, it might help a little bit to be a narcissist. Yeah, that God complex, I guess, is kind of important mm. if you've got all of those people's lives in your own hands, don't you? <laughs> yeah, especially if it's like a neurosurgeon or something like that. I'd like him to be a little bit arrogant, just a smidge. Yeah, just a little. Just enough to be confident in what he's doing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't need a, a crisis while you're in someone's brain. Now, Greg's first wife, Lisa Lynn, was a flight attendant with Qantas. She was said to be a salt of the earth kind of person, and she had two kids with him that she adored, a boy and a girl. And unfortunately, though, there are allegations it was an abusive relationship and that Lisa was suffering depression at the time of her death. And that was due to Greg having recently left her for another woman. So Lisa was actually discovered in the fetal position, deceased, of in their front garden of their Mount Macedon home in the northwest of Melbourne on the 26th of October 1999, with her two small children, who at the time were only one and three, asleep inside the house. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. In the front yard. In the front yard. So... Mm. Inside the household, the police did note that the family albums were open and left out, 
and the coroner's report found that her death was due to an overdose from a combination of alcohol and, and some sources said it was vodka, but you know, no judgment and sleeping pills. Don't know if I would have gone for vodka myself, more of a Bailey's girl. <laughs> the coroner was not able to definitively say this was an intentional suicide. And another interesting side note about this is one of Lisa's friends actually came out and said that this whole thing was weird because Lisa wasn't actually a big drinker. And although she was depressed, she actually didn't appear suicidal and no note was left. And they also said she was super religious. She was strong-willed and she was absolutely dedicated to her children. And they believe that that's all pointing to signs that she wouldn't have taken her own life. It's an unusual place for somebody to die in the front yard mm. if they're trying to commit suicide. Like that's quite strange. Normally, not normally, because it's not a normal thing to do. It's in the bathtub or in the bed or something like that. It's not yeah. out in the open. Almost like she was going for help. Mm-hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Now, there's no evidence to say that Greg Lynn was involved in this death, and we're not saying that either. But it is just really sad that these poor kids lost their mum and now the potentially have lost their father too due to actions he may or may not have taken in the bush in the Victorian high country. Something mm-hmm. to consider, huh? So Greg moved on from this. He later married another flight attendant, not saying he has a type, but tell me you have a type without telling me you have a type. <laughs> her name was Melanie Lynn and he's actually still married to her to this day. They met whilst working overseas and have since had one child together. Greg, prior to all the drama, was an avid social media user. He posts numerous photos of himself and his family travelling on holidays. He liked beekeeping and barbecuing, you know, the double B, (laughs) as you do. The Herald Sun said he was also an experienced hunter and expert at stalking prey. (laughs) Gives me the creeps. (laughs) I know. And he was registered owning nine firearms, including pistols, rifles, and shotguns. Wow. Since all this drama has come out, all his social media has been shut down, but there's heaps of photos and stuff on news articles if you want to see them. Um, And we'll pop some up on the Facebook anyway. So, yeah, and it's really, it's interesting how many guns he had. Yeah, you don't do a lot of hunting with a pistol. Like, you know, not usually, not even allowed no. to have it outside of a, a rifle range. A range. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know people that do that as a hobby, mm-hmm. but not with nine of them. Anyway. No. Hmm. Anyway. Hmm. Well, so, what's Greg got to do with all this Victorian stuff, right? So, okay. In November of 2021, the police arrested Greg on the suspicion of the murders of Russell Hill and Carol Clay. Now, this was after an extensive investigation into Lynn and the surrounding mystery of of how they went missing in the first place. And the amount of interviews they conducted was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if anyone, I'm sure many people are aware, there are cameras all over the roads in Australia, whether Mm -hmm. they're speed cameras or just, you know, traffic cameras, stuff that watches who comes and goes. Several of the roads and tracks into the camp area where Russell and Carol were, had cameras on them, trail cameras and the like. Handy. Yeah, very handy. (laughs) The police had to interview over 100 drivers and were actually able to rule out all of them except for this one blue Nissan Patrol, 
with a trailer that it was towing. Interestingly, when they eventually were able to check in on Greg two months after the disappearance, he had painted his Nissan Patrol beige. And he'd removed a pretty distinctive awning on the side of his vehicle. His vehicle was blue, right? And he painted it it beige. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Uh I guess beige was the new summer look. Yeah. I mean, don't you paint your car every every season? Not suspicious. Not at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) They then found images on his mobile phone of him painting the patrol on June the 4th. (laughs) which then kind of gave them that ability and and allowed the magistrate to approve a warrant to put him under surveillance. He also then sold that specially modified trailer he owned, Mm -hmm. but he, uh, he wasn't able to remember where he sold it or who he sold it to. Oh, don't be suspicious. Don't be (laughs) suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. I think he really achieved that. (laughs) Yeah. So during the police investigation, they also spoke to a person who was employed by the park to weed spray, and he recalled seeing an elderly couple who were identified as Russell and Carol driving towards their campsite on the day that they disappeared. Now, he remembered them because normally when he's working in the area and he heard a vehicle approach, he would move to the side of the road, you know, because getting hit at work by a car really sucks. And as the vehicle would go past, they would give a finger wave or, you know, have a quick chat, which is a pretty the common Aussie thing wave. to do in rural. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a really common part of rural life in Australia. <laughs> you know, the amount of people I wave at and I don't know them on our roads is ludicrous. But anyway. I have a side tangent for you. And, Please you know, do. maybe this could be a, um, a, a business for us also. But I did see that <laughs> you can buy fingers to put on the steering wheel of the, you know, the Aussie, you know, oh. yo fingers. The, so like you don't have to, like, wave. strain yourself, the lazy wave. So you just pop strain them up on yourself. your steering wheel. So that... <laughs> you know what? If we get to the point in society where having to lift two fingers to finger wave at the person driving is considering strenuous i i I don't want to be on this planet anymore because can you imagine when they come into care in the hospital and they can't do it finger wave let alone get up (laughs) what were we talking about the other day the the movie the wally movie yeah where everybody's yeah Oh, please don't do that, people. Remember, you go to the gym purely so when you are 80 and you fall at home, you can get back up. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing you need to aim for. You don't need abs. I just need to be able to get back up. (laughs) Anyway, that's a bit of a nurse rant. Side tangent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) Anyway. So this guy basically remembered this couple because when Russell drove past, he didn't even acknowledge this guy. So no wave, nothing. And he described him as this grumpy old man because that's the kind of personality you get stuck with if you don't give a finger wave in Australia. Yes. And also, if someone lets you in when you are trying to get merged with traffic, make sure you give them a thank you wave. I've noticed there has been a huge decline in the thank you waves. Mm-hmm. No, like, thank I'm you waves are in. very important. Even if it's a sarcastic, <laughs> yeah, thanks, dickhead, you know, that sort of. Yeah, it's still at least important. they can interpret that it's a thank you wave in the car behind <laughs> you because they can't hear you saying thanks, dickhead. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 
anyway okay we are on way too many side quests okay uh-huh. so. <laughs> so over the next year the police were able to conduct surveillance over greg and based on the suspicious things that he'd been doing they were able to put surveillance on his vehicle on his phone in his home and they even went so far as to monitor him when he was off camping alone in the bush so the fun part of that is they reportedly caught him talking to himself numerous times about russell hill and carol clay while at home and while camping and in various other locations what would you say I don't know. They haven't released that, but the minute they do, guys, I will read them out to you. I need to know. <laughs> oh, that Russell, he was so grumpy, you know. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't like that Carol's hair. Oh, she, was a, yeah, she definitely was a beauty pageant model. Yes. Like, Ooh, what would you say? Like, killed them I, good. I, I mean, know. allegedly killed them good. Like, what would you I think mean? there was yeah. something like that. Yeah. Especially about the hair comments. <laughs> So the police were actually able to focus in on Greg because of one tiny thing, though, that happened. So Russell's mobile phone pinged one last time. So for anyone who doesn't know, a ping is what happens when your mobile phone connects to a local tower with the local phone company. And it kind of gives them an idea of where your location is. So that ping was picked up off the tower at Mount Hotham. And it was just as a security camera picked up a photo of the Nissan Patrol owned by Greg Lynn, taking four photos of it as it went past. What was so, what what was in the photo? I don't think from my understanding is that. Yeah. We just said the Nissan Patrol, they took photos of the Nissan Patrol. No, I mean I mean, what did the photo show? Was there good old um, they, they Russell the and Carol sitting in the in the back seat, like chatting with Greg? No, oh. they were in the trailer. No. <laughs> there were lumps in the trailer. I'm an idiot. Okay, let's try that again. Fuck me. So they showed the Nissan Patrol with the trailer attached, but no sign of Carol or Russell. Just this covered over trailer with a and few bumps in it, Greg right? Driving, <laughs> look, they it was not a smooth tarp, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and a trailer so that went ping, mm. a trailer that went ping. Mm. Interesting, right? <laughs> Isn't it? So, on the 16th of January in 2023, Greg actually went and faced the Victorian court to answer the charges leveled against him. And by this time, the police had put together a massive 773-page brief of evidence against him. Yikes. And guys, having written briefs myself, that is huge. Those guys, it's amazing. They wrote a book. They essentially wrote <laughs> oh, a with a second part of evidence against him. That's a lot. Wow. Like your average statement is depending obviously on the case but for like a middle of the road kind of not too serious summary thing it's like 20 pages not crazy 773 pages wow yeah so greg on seeing these amazing vernaculars that the police had put together entered a plea of not guilty and claimed that the deaths of russell and carol were the result of greg needing to defend himself oh from old people Mm mm-hmm 
Yes. He -hmm. claimed that there was a struggle over his gun between himself and Russell, during which Carol was shot in the head. Why was his gun out? Just asking. There are a lot of unanswered questions. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And why were they fighting over it? My gun's bigger than your gun? I don't know. The other Mm. thing is, what happened to Russell? Because he was stabbed and they found blood. Wow. The police theory is a bit different. They say that Greg murdered Russell and Carol after possibly a dispute over Russell flying his drone over, over Greg's campsite, which kind of led to an altercation occurring on the evening of March the 20th. Greg allegedly then proceeded to tamper with the camp scene and destroy evidence to go through their wallets, removing their credit and debit cards, as well as Russell's drone and car keys, which have never been found. Then they think that he put the gas cylinder or gas bottle, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of their tent with the rest of their gear and lit it on fire in an effort to destroy the evidence. He then placed Russell and Carol's bodies into the back of that trailer to hide all of the evidence of what became them. And remember that annoying little ping we were just talking about? Mm-hmm. The theory is that Greg was transporting the bodies of Russell and Carol in the back of that trailer and Russell still had his mobile on him, which of course was still switched on. And that was what caught the police's attention. All the All days. days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I have a question. Why destroy the inside of the tent? That kind of tells me that something happened inside the tent. Maybe they were sleeping when he set upon them. Like, just, like, why? Because if it was happening out in the main area, why would you burn the tent? That's just odd. And the thing is, it's not like he would, like, a logical person, not saying that logic came into this, but would think, okay, even if I burnt the tent and all of that stuff, his vehicle is still there. People know mm. he's camping there. There's mm. no point in destroying his gear. Mm-mm. Like it was a sloppy, a sloppy way of dealing with it. You would have been better off just leaving it and being yeah. like, oh, maybe they had a medical episode and wandered it just off. It tells me the blood was in the tent, right? Like the blood There's was sprayed across the tent or something. Yeah. Mm. And why is and he flying a drone at nighttime then? You know, like yeah, it must have happened at Nighttime. Why wouldn't you take all the gear with you if you're going to take the bodies out? Why not take all the gear with you and destroy it as well? Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't understand that. He could no, have driven to an weird. area with council pickup day, put half decent stuff out. It'll be gone in 10 minutes, just saying. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it was an, so it was an hour after this ping that the campers that found the campsite originally burnt out arrived and found it. So it was a really like that. Maybe that's it. Maybe he ran out of time. Maybe he planned Mm. on returning and breaking it all up and getting rid of his vehicle. But within an hour of that, of the bodies being moved, people had found and reported that campsite. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Wow. Police also say that Greg returned to the site that he concealed Russell and Carol's bodies twice more in the period from May 2020 to November 2020. And he tri- like he was just trying to break up the remains more. So he was burning them, burying them, and kind of breaking them up. I'm guessing with a handy rake. <laughs> By the way, that is complete speculation. I don't know if he had a rake. I just feel like that's what you would use. <laughs> 
How far away was the bodies found? They were a fair distance. They were quite deep in the bush as well. Without them being led there by Russell, they probably would never have found them. Oh, my goodness. So when police went over the scene after it was located, they were able to find like a piece of skull, which thanks to DNA was confirmed to be Carol's, as well as some personal items, including jewellery and some other small bones. But there really was not a lot of them left. He had done a good job of really breaking down their bodies. Wow. Must have played on his mind a lot for him to talk about them so much. Yeah, I think so. And to keep going back. It feels like it wasn't well planned. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not saying he had done things in the past, but if he had perhaps done things in the past, perhaps it was more planned than this. Yeah. But, you know, speculation. This could have been out of anger because Russell was a grumpy one. Mm. Yeah, and it could have also been because he was doing something he didn't want to get caught and he got caught on that drone. Mm. For all we know, he was, oh, he was enjoying his yeah. nudist time in the, in the bush and who knows? Who what knows? happens in the bush stays in the bush, guys. Mm. Don't talk about bush club. Not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So there are also some reports of some blood found in the hotel room that Greg had actually went and stayed at after this and on some of the knives that he had at home. And he had a huge collection of knives as well as his huge collection of guns. Mm. So he had nine guns, semi-automatics, shotguns and high caliber rifles, handguns and like just a giant chef's shop worth of knives. Probably all big hunting knives too. I would but say so. chopping up and dismembering parts of yes. mammals. How long would that have taken anyway? So that's about as much as we know so far. Now, this case is currently going through the courts, so we will be following up on it once the case has been heard. Um, it has been put off a little bit because apparently Greg's lawyers are not happy with the fact that he can't really fund them. So they're debating <laughs> whether or not he'll be under legal aid. His lawyers have apparently previously applied to have four days' worth of interviews between Greg and the police withheld from evidence, though, as they claim it will be too prejudicial and prevent the ability to provide a fair trial. So that's interesting. (laughs) That is interesting. Four days. Wow. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand how, if he's doing interviews, how that can be prejudicial. If he said it. Unless it was... You know, unless he didn't get the allocated breaks and that sort of thing, like that, mm-hmm. you've got to be really careful when interviewing because that can actually make make it very easy for that to be excluded from um, from court. I just I find it four days. That's a lot. But I know too pred- prejudicial says that he did. You know, he said he that he things. did some naughty things. Mm, mm, he did things. He did things. things, or at least questionable things. Yes, absolutely. And mm. we had mentioned in the other episodes too that there had been some links to the previous cases that we talked about. Um, there, That has not come up in court as yet and all of that is, you know, alleged there could be the potential that, um, you know, he may have been involved in these other cases. But, again, it'll be very interesting to listen to what comes out of the actual court case and and what actually is found. So we will pop the uh, newspaper articles up that we found where Mm. they were linked. And I would give anything to get my hands on that brief, anything. (laughs) Oh, I really want his uh, pilot's log 
really want that because that yes. will tell you exactly when he was in the country and when he wasn't yep. in the country, when he was in mm. on breaks or when he was flying, that sort of thing. Mm. That that would be amazing. And we tried to yeah. track that down, but apparently each of the companies, the um, airplane companies, have those logs. So you know, mm. maybe the maybe the hey, um, maybe we have some we have some sleuths amongst our listeners that might you know know more about it than us and know how to mm. get those logs. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, but anyway. and if you think about too, when the first murders that we talked about occurred or not not murders they may not be in the murders first disappearance occurred yes uh it may or may not have been when uh our gregory had come back into the country after being in dubai so Mm -hmm. the timelines are fascinating and again we'll pop some of that information up in uh in facebook as well yeah and i think open the discussion (laughs) because the the area that all of these disappearances happened, including Russell and Carol Clay, is a 60 kilometer radius, which is mm. nothing. Nothing. It's a very all. small area. Mm. Um, and most of these people were experienced campers. They had been doing it for a really long time and literally no trace. And the interesting part to me that connects that to kind of the Russell and Carol part is that their bodies would never have been found. No sign of their bodies would have ever been found if Russell hadn't led the police to it. Mm. Greg hadn't led the police to it. Oh, if Greg hadn't led the police to it. So, yeah, that's true. Russell and his phone in his pocket. Ping. Mm -hmm. And those handy dandy trail cams. Yep. Mm, very handy anyway as soon as we get some more information on that i'm sure we'll give everyone an update on it because it is as you said the one that uh had me knocking on your door going hi hi (laughs) let me tell you a story (laughs) you need to do story time (laughs) but anyway until next time guys thanks for listening don't forget to rate us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Spotify and iTunes and all of the social medias TikTok. that invade yep. your life. Yep, TikTok. Mm-hmm. We have TikToks. Mm-hmm. Um, and catch up with us on our next episode when we're going to be having one of our special guests. Yes. Mr. David Quinn from the Periodic Table of Awesome is going to be joining us, which is super exciting. Um, Some of you guys might know him as the host of like Supernovas and Comic-Cons and, you know, I'm pretty sure he's got to touch the abs of Thor. (laughs) Doing a nice little eyebrow. On my bucket list. (laughs) Very, very exciting. Anyway, until next time, darling. Bye, bye, bye. Bye.